Life Audio. Hey friend, do you ever feel like the busyness of life makes it hard to slow down and truly connect with Jesus? Do your priorities and passions feel jumbled and out of whack? Then join me this summer on my podcast, How to Study the Bible, as we dive into Spiritual Rhythms, a six-week series that will lead us through six spiritual rhythms to help us slow down and make space for Jesus in the busyness of everyday life. To guide us, I've put together a free downloadable six-week study available at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. The study will walk us through God's word as we learn to embrace daily practices that draw us closer to Jesus. Each week on the podcast, we'll walk through one spiritual rhythm that helps us discover how to spend intentional time with God, align our passions and balance our priorities, and make time and space for restfulness and celebration. Download Spiritual Rhythms for free today at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices, and I'll see you on How to Say the Bible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How to Say the Bible. I'm Nicole Eunice, your host, your fellow friend traveling through scripture, and I'm so glad to be here today in this series called Spiritual Rhythms. We've been looking together at what it looks like in our day-to-day life to follow the way of Jesus. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. What are the things that Jesus did as an example to us of what it looks like to live at a pace and with a perspective in which we're able to actually be in touch with our Heavenly Father, where our souls are ready and willing 
to receive what God has for us. And friends, this is something, as you know, we talked about at the beginning of the series when Rev. Rachel was here. This is something that people have been seeking since the very beginning of Christianity, like right away in Christianity, the the human impulse to do and to create and to build was sort of being tempered by these desert fathers and mothers who would ask the question, like, what does it really look like to be set apart? What does it really look like to experience the richness of God and to really walk the way that Jesus walked? So we've taken on a few of these rhythms over the summer, and we want to invite you to take those on with us, either by yourself or in a group. We've put together a free download for you. You can find it at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. It's also in the show notes if you want to click there. This is just a free download that gives you a couple pages for each week, asking some questions, giving you some things to read, suggesting some habits that you can take on. So we want you to use that. You can use it anytime. You can come back to this when it's the right time for you, because especially this week, I find that this conversation that we're going to have this week, it will be the right time for you at some point. I don't know if that point is right now. But if you know that this is the time for you, you're going to know it when we talk about what does it look like to pursue silence and solitude. So I want to talk, first of all, about a scripture that is going to be our guiding place of conversation. We'll use our general alive method to walk through that scripture. And then we're going to look at what this looks like for us right now, for where you are in your life, whatever's going on, whatever level of weariness you might be facing, whatever level of connection or disconnection you might be experiencing with God. And I think that there is something really beautiful here for us. So we're going to be in Luke chapter five. If you want to turn there, just a couple of verses we're going to focus in on and we'll look at what's going on around it as well. So I'm just going to invite you to take a deep breath and cast away whatever else you're thinking about until this moment right here and engage in what is happening in this passage as we read together. So Jesus heals a man with leprosy. This is going to be Luke 5, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came up who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Okay, friends, you may be noticing that I've reread to you those last couple of verses because I wanted to you to take that in. Sometimes it's so easy to skip over a quick verse, a quick maybe interlude between points of action. But I think that this interlude is one of the most important things that we can understand about following the way of Jesus, because in the midst of success, in the midst of what we would consider ministry success that Jesus is having, he is also taking intentional time where he withdraws from what's happening and he goes and prays. And it's always, always struck me, friends, that Jesus lived a perfect life. He lived a perfect life without sin. He lived in perfect communion with his Father. And he himself needed 
to get away from the people, from the pressure, from the action in order to reconnect with his heavenly father. If the perfect son of God who lived a sinless life needed to withdraw in order to be who he was meant to be, don't you think that you and I are going to need the same thing? And I know that that might strike you as a funny thing, like, you know, oh, I'm not out there healing, I'm not out there, but you are, you're, you're called as a son or daughter of God, you're called to a mission and to purpose. And so many times I think we live our lives at such a breakneck speed and we wonder why we feel frazzled or weary or empty or disconnected from God. And right here in the middle of this passage, we see that Jesus made a very intentional move. He had a very intentional rhythm to the way that he lived his earthly life. So let's back up just a little bit. Ask, what does it say? So we see here that Jesus does a healing. He heals a man with leprosy. Um, This man would have been cast out of society. He would have been um, not able to go to the temple, not able to worship, not able to be with his family. This is a full-scale isolation, not just his physical illness, but also his emotional, relational health, his spiritual health. And Jesus comes and he says, yes, I am willing. And I love this idea that Jesus's boundaried life, his rhythms of life meant that when he said he was willing, he meant it 100%. And I don't know how many times you've had that little piece of the Holy Spirit, a little niggle, a little, you know, tap on the shoulder to care for someone, to love someone. And you're just, you're just so tired. You're just so weary that you can't say that you are willing. You can't say like Jesus said, I am willing. I am willing to give of myself. I am willing to sacrifice. I am willing to live a life of love because we all know that love takes sacrifice. And we see Jesus here just so willing to care, so willing to heal, willing to be interrupted. But yet, after he does this, after he cares for this man, after he instructs him and guides him, he withdraws away from more people who want more healing. So he has to step away from what everyone would say would be good work. He has to step away from what everyone clearly would probably feel like was very urgent work, very important work, right? And on top of that, if we back up in Luke chapter 5, we actually see that at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus is just calling his first disciples. So he has just brought his quote-unquote trainees around him. They are not ready to do the ministry. They probably don't feel ready to do the ministry at all. And yet, even in the midst of that, even in the midst of the pressure of his team and the pressure of the urgency of the ministry, Jesus still withdraws. He withdraws to lonely places and prays. So many times, think, I friends, I think we think of rest and solitude as something we do when we're burned out. But what we see is that rest and solitude is something Jesus does in the middle of his flow, in the middle of his greatest work. He is doing this practice. So shouldn't you and I care deeply about this same practice? So when we talk about this, so the backstory obviously here is that Jesus is is very full. His life is full. He is busy. And yet in the midst of that, he has these practices that are so important. In fact, if we cross-reference back from the verse about Jesus withdrawing and praying, my Bible, my study Bible takes me back to Luke 3, 21. And when we go to Luke 3, 21, we find that this is when Jesus was baptized. And it says that all the people were being baptized. Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. 
And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Oh, I love that cross-reference. So what the Bible's doing is it's cross-referencing the idea of praying, and it's taking us back to the last time that there was this like key moment where Jesus is praying. And notice what happens in the key moment that Jesus is praying. In that key moment, he is receiving affirmation from his Heavenly Father about his core identity. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. So when we fast forward two chapters and we're in Luke chapter five, and Jesus is getting all of this pressure to lead his disciples, to heal the people. He has crowds of people listening to his teaching. The ministry is picking up. And in the midst of that, Jesus goes back to the place where he is affirmed in his core identity. And that core identity is his heavenly father saying, this is my son whom I love with whom I am well pleased. If Jesus, the perfect son of God who lived a sinless life, needed to be reminded of his core identity, needed to have moments where there was nothing between him and his father, where he wasn't coming with petition, he wasn't coming with requests, he wasn't coming with other people. He was simply coming to be with his father. Don't you think? that you and I would need the same thing. Now, I can hear the protests that you might be having in your spirit right now because I have those same protests with myself. Those protests sound something like, but I'm so busy. It may be, I, I, I don't know how to rest. I, there's no way I could get away from my obligations to actually spend time in silence or solitude. Perhaps you have a deeper fear as well, which is what in the world am I going to do by myself? Like, what does it even look like to try to be with God in that way? And so, If you have those protests, I understand. I have them too. I understand them. I know that it's difficult to imagine sometimes this really working. And so I want to invite you to maybe a practice that feels reasonable and realistic. And we talk a little bit about this in the download to kind of help you along your way. But this practice can start with just simply making a few minutes of disconnected time. You know, we live in a world, this is why we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, this idea of a digital fast was even just trying to create space because we live in a world where there's no longer rhythms where you just have uninterrupted time. Before you had, you know, your computer in your pocket, before you had a phone with you at all times connected to every single thing going on in the world and every relationship you have, you would have natural times of uninterrupted solitude. You would drive your car to work. You would take a walk outside. You might be waiting in a line 
and you wouldn't be doing anything. You'd just be. And if you think about even a little bit back, just a little bit more back in our history, we didn't have TVs. There, there wasn't all of this noise. There wasn't all of these inputs. So there would have been a lot of just built-in rhythms of solitude. And I think that because that has slipped away almost unnoticed, we may not recognize the fact that our soul deeply needs time to catch up with our life. And that if you do not let your soul catch up with your life, your soul will be deeply exhausted. It will be worn and beaten and it will it will have a hard time coming back to life. Now, to coming back to life in a way that makes you feel alive, that that allows the deepest part of you to commune with your heavenly father, the part that so deeply needs to know what to do with your longings and what to do with your desires and what to do with your disappointments, what to do with your hurts. Because friends, all of us carry those. Every single one of us has desires and longings and disappointments and hurts. And if you don't let God be in those with you, they will have to be dealt with a different way. And our human way of dealing with those is not that great. (laughs) The human way of dealing with that is to stuff it or to dwell in it or to run at such a speed that the only opportunity for the body to slow down is the body to break down. And the only way for the soul to catch up is when the rest of the body is gives up an exhaustion. And that often leads to a lot of hurt for ourselves and for people around us. And so it's it's crucial that we understand how to care for our soul, how to allow God to care for our soul. And the, the way that that starts is with silence and solitude. So Every relationship we have, any relationship you have that is meaningful, always has quality time connected with it. You cannot possibly have a meaningful relationship without having long amounts of time to be in the relationship. Silence and solitude is often scary for us because there's nothing between us and God. And we can use all kinds of things to kind of like manage our relationship with God. We can use something like this podcast. We can use a devotional or someone else's reading or someone else's sermon as the way to manage our relationship with God. But God wants to invite you to a personal relationship with Him. God wants to invite you to a personal relationship with Him with no excuses, no performances, no masks, no extras, just you and Him. Because God desires to speak deeply into your soul, to to heal you, to love you, to care for you. And a lot of times to do that, it requires solitude. And oftentimes what we discover in solitude is that we're exhausted. So as we enter into this practice, and maybe you start with five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, as you enter into this practice and we walk you through it in the download, I want to invite you to not do anything. in solitude and silence, not to do anything, just to pay attention to how you feel. And if you're silence, I mean, I remember a time in my life when my kids were little, I was doing ministry, I was starting to write, I was felt like God had given me like this great deep desire for purpose and for caring, but I, I felt so constrained by just raising little children and just the the exhaustion of it that when I entered into this spiritual practice for real in that season as a young mom, every time I had solitude with the Lord, I fell asleep every single time. Like I could fall asleep in two minutes if I and I would set my timer on my cell phone, get my kids down for a nap, 
whatever, finish up whatever I was doing, sit down on the couch, put worship music into a headphone, put my timer on my my phone. I would fall asleep just like that. I do not think that that disappointed God. God, my heavenly, think of yourself as a parent. What makes you happier than knowing your exhausted child has sleep? When your exhausted, frayed preschooler takes a nap, it is like the best thing that ever happens because you know it's exactly what their body and their soul need. And in that whole stretch of a season, every time I sat down to have solitude with God, I fell asleep. I think that it delighted the Lord (laughs) that I put time aside. And in that time, I was able to have rest because our God loves all of you. God doesn't just love you when you're reading his Bible. God doesn't just love you when you're like praying in a really intentional way. God loves all of you at all times. And God understands who you are and what you need. So when you create spaces for God and you allow him into those spaces, you're going to experience something different. And sometimes that something different is a little scary. You may realize that you have a lot of unprocessed grief or unprocessed pain. You may realize that you have some areas in your life that you're disappointed in or that you're that you're frustrated by and you don't know what to do with. You may discover that you have a lot of shame around something that you haven't healed from. And that that can be challenging. And we can try to run from those things, but at some point they're going to catch up to us. And we have a father in heaven who's in his merciful kindness wants to meet us and, and beginning to end of scripture. What does God talk about? God talks about his compassion. He talks about his desire to heal. He talks about his love. He talks about our identity. And the only thing standing between us and all of those beautiful gifts that God has for us is what? God says, oh, if only my people would turn to me. If only my people would turn to me so that I could heal them. And making space for silence and solitude is the way that you turn to God. That's the only thing you're doing. You turn to God and you allow him into that space. If your mind wanders, that's okay. If you're not sure what to do with yourself, that's okay. There's lots of ways to grow in this, but the only way to start is to start. The only way to make progress is to actually start. So I want to invite you to consider that challenge this week that you might find a specific location and time to just abide with God, that you might pick 15 minutes, that you might pick 20 minutes. You don't have to be still. You don't have to be like, you know, in a closet somewhere unless that works for you. You might take a walk with no cell phone. You may, you know, read a psalm, the same psalm every single day. You may write down a psalm every single day. Any of these practices where you're quiet, And there's space, work. You just decide which one works for you or try a few different things and see what works for you. Just hold it loosely and give it a try. If this is something that you're really practiced in, like you're actually quite experienced in silence and solitude, you love spending time with God like this, maybe it's time for you to consider a silent weekend or a silent couple of days or even a retreat where there's a spiritual director that you could engage with. Every time we go through transitions in life, new seasons of life, there comes times for really intentional time with the Lord. And this may be one of those times for you. So if you guys have questions about that, please feel free to reach out, Nicole at NicoleUnis.com. Check out the download, read what we have there for you. And I want to give you one more tool for today before we leave. And this is a book by Ruth Haley Barton. It's called Sacred Rhythms. 
And I love this book. There's a chapter about silence and solitude that also connects to a longer book that she's written about silence and solitude. But uh, Ruth Haley Barton, Sacred Rhythms, we'll link it in the show notes as well, Arranging Our Lives for Spiritual Transformation. That's another tool for you. But don't get caught up in those tools before you actually just take the step of making some space for silence and solitude. All right, everyone. Talk to you next week. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.